all and welcome back to the Woman Amidst podcast. This is Katie Ray and I am so glad to have you guys here. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking to someone who's very near and dear to my heart. Her name's Brooks. Her and I lived together for two years in college and she and I have kept a close relationship since then. But more than that, she is who I go to for all my women's health needs. Um, When I was pregnant and I had questions and when I'm just wanting to know something that's going on, she runs the Women's Health Company, which is an online platform that speaks about women's issues, everything from fertility to thyroid issues to hormone balance. She is such a great resource for so many people and not to mention just holistically, the way she spiritually, physically, and emotionally lives her life and runs her practice um, of medicine is really inspiring. So I know that she's going to offer a lot to you guys today as we are talking about hope amidst changes when it looks at women's bodies, whether that's entering pregnancy, trying to find a provider, or just asking the questions of how do I regulate my health and address some of the mental or physical issues I might be dealing and feeling with. Um, So I'm so glad that you guys are going to get to hear her today. I know you're going to love her and her sweet Southern accent as much as I do. So enjoy. Here is Brooks. Brooks, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What's going on in your life? Um, So I'm Brooks Vaughn and Katie Ray, you and I were college roommates besties Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's so many yeah we could talk about memories from Woodrow (laughs) good (laughs) Woodrow Street for hours but um yeah I am a women's health nurse practitioner I live in Georgia right outside of Athens in a little town called Watkinsville um I am married to Skylar we have a golden retriever named Riggins after Speaking of uh, series that you can Netflix binge, Friday Night Lights is a. I'm like watching it again for the third or fourth time. Wow, <laughs> I've never third. seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's about a football team in Texas, in a small okay. town, but it's it's really good. It's a good binge. Like, okay, it's a good a good show to watch with your husband too. Because Skylar, okay, it's just fun to watch. But okay, um. I'm having a baby in a month, so I, well, hopefully. Can't believe it. Hopefully a month, hopefully no longer than a month away. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah, gonna you never know. do some curb hopping over Thanksgiving and see if we can just bounce her out a little bit, but. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will say that is a humbling moment in life when you start curb hopping. For for everyone who doesn't know, it's literally where you walk on the curb and one foot is like up on the curb, the other one's on the ground. You look ridiculous, but I did a lot of that, that's for sure. We I did that with a friend of mine um a couple of weeks ago and it was just so fun. By the end, she was like, "Okay, I'm done curb hopping." She was like, "It's yeah. not comfortable." <laughs> Wait, was she the pregnant one? Yes, she was the pregnant okay. one. Okay. And it did not put her into labor. It didn't work. Okay. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Why not try I, it? I'm going to do all the things and we'll see. Oh, I did try everything under the sun. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, know. at the end of the day, they're going to come when they come and it is what it is, but I will definitely try the things. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to get things moving along. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you're having a little girl. Having a little girl in December, um, and 
Yeah, so I don't know what life is going to hold after that, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, there's a lot of unknown, which we're, I'm sure, going to talk about. Um, yes. And then I, I am the founder of a little women's health platform called the Women's Health Company. Um, which I love and is a great resource for everyone listening. I've, Yeah, from spiritual, physical, emotional tools Brooks gives from a nurse practitioner's point of view, but also I just feel like from your life point of view, you've offered so much to people. I get a ton out of it and and shared it with so many people. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I really appreciate that. It's been, it's been fun. It's my hobby at this point. It's like just a, yeah. a little ministry. It's, it started out as um, I did like saw patients via telemedicine through it and, um, you know, was doing some work in it. And then with my in-person job and then pregnancy and then just life in general, I kind of was like, you know what? We're just going to take a step back from this being also work. And this is just going to be my yeah. my little hobby and my ministry. So that's kind of what it is. It's just a, a little yeah. place of hopefully encouragement and education for women on the internet. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a... Um, a hard step. I feel like you say it like it's easy, but I mean, I know Haley and I have had to have a lot of those conversations with this too, of where our balances and priorities and as much as you want to give to something like that, having to take a step back and be like, no, what do I actually have capacity for right now? Might be very different than what your high achieving yeah. personality would like to do. Yes. No, you are so yeah. right. I mean, I definitely, it was definitely the, the decision to take a step back from like actually seeing patients through it and like telemedicine mm-hmm. was a hard one because I felt, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're like me, I'm sure. And I'm a very <laughs> much like, I want to see something through to completion. I want to get like succeed yeah. in whatever I do. And, um, so I felt like I was failing in a sense and failing people too, you know, mm-hmm. but it's also been really yeah. freeing to just be like, okay, I, that's this season holds something different and who knows what the next season will hold and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. What do you um, expect nurse practitioner life to look like? with a baby and I know it's hard to expect anything but how are you planning prepping what are you doing for that well <laughs> I so you know it's interesting I was having a conversation with a friend of mine just before um you and I started talking just about motherhood in general and how things really shift like you're I didn't know that I mean I'd, I I've always heard it and I just was like yeah. meh it won't happen. Like my, I love my job. I love my, and I do, I love my career, but it also kind of, it's, it's not going to be my number one priority, you know, in the next few months. And so, um, I, I will, I am gonna kind of at at this point work three to four days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of see and see patients in the office and kind of see how that goes. And then mm-hmm. my hands are just kind of open. I was telling her, I was like, you know, I just, I don't know. I really don't know what that's going to look like. And I feel like the yeah. Lord has asked me to just kind of surrender that and not have an expectation of, 
okay, I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna look like X, Y, and Z because I just have no idea what it's gonna look like, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, man. (sighs) Yeah, the other day I was um, reading this girl's Instagram who has just had a second baby, and um, all these people were ta- apparently telling her like how hard going from one to two is, and she said something that really resonated. She was like, one to two has been difficult because your time is limited, but zero to one was a lot harder because of exactly what you just said. You really have to let go of yourself, and this is the first time you've really been called into that. And I really, really feel that like even just you saying like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. That was my impression. Like Haley and I were going to record a podcast a month later. I was going to keep working at my 12 weeks and I felt good about it. And and not that I haven't done those things, but it is it is a big surrender what you even want. You know, it changes, you know, and how you want to do it and what you're capable of. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. And I, yeah, I feel like as a, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so I like to <laughs> figure it out and I'm a planner, and, yeah. but I definitely feel like the Lord is like, you just need to keep your hands open and don't squeeze mm-hmm. them so tightly and, and don't ha- have, expe- I, I feel like one of the big things that I've learned even just over the past few years, but I feel like I'm carrying it with me into being a mom is expectancy over expectations, you know? Hmm. And so, yeah. So I'm hoping to just be a little more expectant and being like, Lord, I know what you have is going to be good, but it may not be what my expectation, my, you know, solid expectations (laughs) were of what this is going to look like. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, man, expectancy instead of expectation. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a much more hopeful yeah. reality yeah. than and doesn't like uh, the expectation. Disappointment when an expectation isn't met, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which I feel like is one of the hardest parts. I feel like even um, 15 months in, I'm still dealing with that. Because I feel like it's this constant reminder of each season. You kind of get it down and then you're like, oh, okay, great. You know, they're not a newborn anymore or, you know, he's a little bit more independent. This is what my time can look like. And then something throws you for a loop, like getting sick. Yeah, you get pregnant again. (laughs) Or you get pregnant again when he's nine months old. And then you're like, oh my gosh, here I am facing this again. And I didn't realize how disappointed I am that x y and z doesn't look this way mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah and that's yeah. okay too though you know it's it is that's why the lord gives us grace <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah and it's just a constant surrender so yeah. how has being pregnant been as a women's health nurse practitioner because you've been working <laughs> in this world for a long time yeah and now you know you're experiencing what your patients go through in a different capacity how is mm-hmm. that been for you it has been really good and also really hard not to take the control like to the nth degree you know Hmm. it's been really good in that it has I feel like it's given me a totally different perspective on pregnancy as a patient versus as Hmm. a provider 
like being on one side of the table versus the other and really giving me a lot more understanding for patients, you know, and for like Mm -hmm. what it feels like to, you know, walk through a pregnancy and to be taken care of and not be the one who is doing the caregiving. Um, Right. It's also been really hard in that I think I just, (laughs) sorry, my dog, let me. Hey, Riggins. Riggins is, sees our neighbor. We just had a neighbor move in next door, and so he sees them and goes nuts sometimes. Oh, that's always um, exciting. Yeah. But I would say the hardest part has been knowing the worst. Like, I've taken care of some really high-risk OB patients, and so mm. if something simple and small, like I would tell you, like if you, you know, asked me about this, I would be like, oh, it's, I would explain it to you and it would be not a big deal and it wouldn't, you know, but when it happens to you, you're like, oh, the worst case scenario is what's, what this is. And right. You know, I don't know. I said, it's been, that has been the hardest part is like not taking what I know and allowing it to cause fear with little things that Mm -hmm. normally wouldn't be a big deal. Um, right. Or taking my care into my own hands, which is sometimes really easy to do. (laughs) I did that. Actually, I had a, a, an appointment one day where the, I was like, I had lost a little bit of weight and my measurements were a little like a week behind. And so my doctor was like, Oh, it's fine. Like overall, everything looks good. You know what I did? I went straight to work and I was like, we're going to do an ultrasound. <laughs> and we did an ultrasound. And I, and, I, and I thought, you know, that's probably not, that's me yeah. taking my care. What if that ultrasound had showed something? My, I would be calling my doctor and being and like, being so like, I didn't trust you, you yeah. know, and I did this oh. myself and, you know, which I did, I do trust her, but <laughs> that has yeah. been the hardest part. So somebody listening to this podcast mm-hmm. who is looking for great care, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you looked for besides just midwifery care? Were there specifics you were looking for in a provider or, mm-hmm. I mean, you are a provider as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you kind of see what people are looking for when they come to you. What, what mm-hmm. are those things that you would suggest someone to look for in a provider wherever they are? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think the real, the biggest thing I wanted was somebody who was going to take time with me and look at me mm-hmm. as a whole person, and and it's hard to, I mean, you know, that's really hard to know when you're looking. Like, yeah. it's not like they just announce it. If and a lot of medical providers aren't on social media. So it's hard to know their personality. It's hard to know their approach to medicine. Um, So I really asked my friends, like, who are providers that you have seen that you felt like you could get in with when you needed an appointment? Providers Mm -hmm. who you felt like listened to you and looked at you as a whole person and didn't just give you a prescription or blow you off or put a Band-Aid on it. Um, you know, and providers who, I, and I looked at, I did look at, it's it's about like Facebook stalking, but I looked at their credentials and their, you know, their experience and, um, yeah. And so, 
And and I'll be honest too, when I got into the practice that I got in that I'm in, you know, you kind of rotate through providers. Um hmm. so I've instead of just seeing one person the whole time and every practice is so different. Some people see the same OB the whole right. time. Whereas at my office, whoever's on call is who's gonna deliver you. And that's how it is in every practice pretty much bigger practice in Athens um, okay whereas some people are some people prefer a smaller practice where they see the same person the whole time and then that doctor or that midwife is the one who delivers them unless they're for some reason on vacation you know or out of pocket right um so yeah I would just say it's it is hard to find I mean even still it's hard to find somebody that is going to take care of you the way you would want, like you you would take care of you. Um, But I will say I asked friends, I looked for some, I looked for um, a place that I felt like was a lot more holistic. And I did feel like with my practice, having midwives, I felt like the, the physicians, like if I saw a physician because they worked very closely with midwives. I felt like their mindset was very much more open to just a whole person standpoint, you know, um, right. and they have been, mm-hmm. which has been really good. So, yeah, I, I know that's kind of a roundabout answer, but it's, it's a okay. hard thing to find a good, yeah. you know, because you're limited by where you live and who your insurance accepts and you know right all those things yeah it does make it really hard I think one of the most interesting things and I would love to hear your thoughts on this is I've been doing a birthing class on hypnobirthing which has been really good because I wanted just after the last birth some like extra tools in my pocket for pain management oh, um absolutely. and Yeah, it's been really amazing. But one of the things we've talked about a lot is, um, is being able to say too about a provider, like knowing what questions to ask and then having freedom to change providers. Yes. Which I think is the scariest thing once you get in. So I think that's the thing that hits me is that people get overwhelmed about finding a provider because they feel like once they're in, they're in when you actually have freedom to change providers. You do. And you have freedom you should be able to ask questions and question mm-hmm. your care and bring things up. And, you know, I have found, too, just even in pregnancy, you know, we we can be vigilant and diligent and take mm-hmm. care, take our health, in a sense, in our hands where, you know, there are things that I have brought up at OB appointments that Otherwise, would have kind of gotten overlooked, but when I bring them up to my provider, they've been like, "Oh, yeah, we need mm-hmm. to let's let's do this. Let's check this lab, or let's maybe mm-hmm. look at this next time you're here." You know, so it it really has. It's really good to educate yourself to to a degree. You know, to how you yeah. can take especially in pregnancy, take, you know, charge of your health and ask questions and not just always go with whatever somebody says, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to take that empowerment. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And because even having the reassurance, I think is worth it. If you look at what cortisol and stress hormones do to your body, then maybe sometimes you just need the reassurance. And if you're afraid to say something or ask the question, yep. um, that's been, man, that's been something I felt so passionate about this pregnancy because I feel like, oh, I changed care providers and I'm at a small, very small clinic. There yeah. are two midwives and that's it. Do you love yeah. them? Have you enjoyed it? Oh, I absolutely love it that so much. So they they work with OBs, but we don't see the OBs unless we need them. Um, so I only see the two midwives. And well, I only see one midwife. And then I've met the other one and I won't see her either unless my midwife can't be at my birth. Um, but it has been really nice because she'll sit and talk with me for 30 to 40 minutes and I feel the freedom to ask questions. That yeah. is incredible. And that's something that I, you know, it varies by state, by city, by it. Mm-hmm. And it also breaks my heart for people who are in, in towns where they don't, there's, they don't have those, they don't options. Have those options, you know, yeah. that's what I love mm-hmm. about Honestly, that's what I love about the internet and about social media is that there are so many avenues to learn still, even when you might not be getting that really personalized care. But I wish that it was available to everybody. That's amazing. I know. I I wish it was available. It is not always available, but I think you're right. I think knowing where to go for the resources and being able to ask the questions. And um, this, I mean, what this whole podcast is about in this season is, you know, that hope amidst changes and pregnancy and women's health in general comes with a lot of changes. And whether someone listening to this is pregnant or not, there are a lot of questions that come up and concerns we have over our body. And so it's kind of knowing when to speak up for ourselves. And I, I think you said this well, like, no, I think being educated is really good when it comes to our own health care and our own, you know, how we're being provided for. But we also have to trust our providers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that education can overstep that and social media can overstep that. And it's just finding a balance in that. But I do, I do feel really passionate about that empowerment and being able to say, this is where my concerns are. And I have a friend who she's pregnant and she straight up told me, she was like, I want a doctor who's in and out. Honestly, whatever he tells me goes. If he tells me to get an epidural, to have a C-section, great. He's the doctor. And that's what I feel comfortable with. And that's beautiful for her. Yep. And I'm like, I get, that makes me anxious. Yeah. I need a midwife who's going to sit down with me for 40 minutes and and let me ask all the the questions. Yeah. And so you find what works for you. Um, And you're right. I feel like what you said, you hit the nail on the head when you said, for her, that relieves anxiety. You know, like that Mm -hmm. is like the best approach for her pregnancy and she will be amazing. And then for for somebody like you, that creates anxiety. So it's really paying attention to, and your mental health is so important too, but anxiety levels are huge in pregnancy and really paying attention to what's a healthy balance of, you know, knowledge and control versus trust. You know, and where do I feel comfortable with those colliding? Yeah. And knowing from a provider perspective, you know, a lot of providers probably want to give you 
that empowerment and knowledge and control but your time is limited and your space is limited and you can't always sit and answer all the questions for 40 minutes and um so you know there's a lot that goes into it looking at all this you know from a provider perspective coming from you you know the whole series is hope amidst changes and one of the things i talked to you about before this is just not just pregnancy but women experience a ton of change which i think is interesting we have our own practice you know, you don't hear of men going to their men's health doctor once a year for their, you know, their yearly checkups and dealing with all their hormonal issues. And yeah, we have a lot, a lot of changes and a lot to yeah. deal with. Yeah. Um, as, as a provider, what is it that you're seeing people come in for? And what is it that women are facing today with their changes? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this is really funny. My boss, the doc, the, the gynecologist that I work with, he's awesome. And he um, is very whole person based, but he said, he talk, he says this all the time. And he said, I heard him tell somebody yesterday, he was like, when's the last time you heard a man say, I'm bloated or <laughs> I'm moody or I have fog brain, uh, <laughs> you know? I'm like, that's so true. Oh, that's you just so good. don't hear that because it's, there are a lot of hormonal aspects and women are also very multifaceted and relational and emotional beings and mm-hmm. so um we have a lot of you know m- different parts that are you know all playing a role in how we feel and how we you know yeah think about it's health about and truth. our bodies but anyway um i would say especially over the past year to 2 years the biggest things the biggest I've seen women more so for issues that are likely related to hormones but brought about by stress, whether it be mm-hmm, whether it be um, emotional stress, physical stress, like physical hmm. exhaustion. I've seen a lot of healthcare providers and just provider people in the service industry who are exhausted, who are just worn out. And that yeah. plays a part in their, like you said, cortisol levels, serotonin levels, hormone level. I mean, all of that. Well, those are hormones, but um, uh, period, environmental stress. So, like, hmm. you know, that's kind of increased over time just with things that we're exposed to in our environment. And, and studies have kind of linked things like BPA and phthalates and and whatnot endocrine we call them endocrine disruptors in women's health Mm. um to fertility problems to uh period problems to hormonal concerns um and i think used to we just didn't have an answer for that we just kind of didn't know that there was any association so now that we're aware of it i i feel like i'm making that those connections a lot more Um, Hmm. so environmental stress is another one. Relational stress is a big one that we've, I've seen over the past couple year or two. Um, and yeah, mental, emotional stress. I mean, so it's interesting though, how our bodies keep score with those things. You don't realize how, especially over time, it's kind of like a bucket, you know, if the bucket had a hole in the bottom and it just kind of seeped out, we would be refilled. But a lot of times those buckets 
just kind of start to fill. And Mm -hmm. when they, over time, if you think about a bucket filling, when that bucket fills, it gets to the point of overflowing. And when it's overflowing is when people start to have symptoms and people start to really feel the repercussions of that. Um, And so... What are some of those symptoms that, you know, a woman listening to this might be like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know if this is a women's health issue. Do I go see my doctor? Do I go see my nurse practitioner? Am I supposed to be in counseling? Like, do I need to just sleep more? How do they know where to start or when to come see you? I think it is never a bad idea to go see your women's health provider if you if you just don't feel like yourself. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people come in and they're like, I just don't feel like myself. And so I start digging and I start asking questions. Okay, are you sleeping? Are you having hot flashes, night sweats, fatigue, hair loss, weight changes? Hmm. Um, do you feel agitated, you know, sad, depressed, lonely? Um, what do your periods look like? That's actually a big component of, you know, what I ask people who are not menopausal. Um, who are not mm-hmm. on birth control. Women who are on hormonal birth control, it's hard to always know what could be going on. I'm not against hormonal birth control at all, but it's just, a, it can sometimes mask symptoms. So it's hard to kind of know what your, you know, periods look like. Um, but in mm-hmm. women who are not on any kind of hormones, um, asking them, okay, what are your periods look like? Are they consistent? consistent are they skipping around are they extremely really light are they really heavy Hmm. um so they're just a lot it's a conglomerate of things that we look that I like to look at um and then start I start kind of asking from there you know what does diet look like what does lifestyle look like as far as work goes and relationships go and um those sorts of things. So, yeah, I would just say in general, I know this is kind of a very non-specific answer, but I think it is always prudent if you just feel like something is off and you have a provider that you can trust to start there, honestly. And, yeah. and count. I mean, I, I think everybody should see a counselor. So, <laughs> at least at some point in their lives. Um, but I love, I, I think, starting with a healthcare provider that you trust is a great easy place because a hmm. you, you know usually insurance covers that we can rule out physical you know we can look at physical causes we can do blood work especially hmm. um to just kind of check hormone levels or thyroid levels vitamin levels um blood count i mean there's several things that can play a role in how we feel and in our overall health. Hmm. Um, so typically I like to start there and then kind of create a game plan moving forward yeah. as far as what that looks like. And yeah, um, everybody's in different hmm. seasons, you know, so it depends on the goal. You yeah. know, are we trying to get pregnant? Are we trying to not get pregnant? Are we recovering and are we in a postpartum season? Are we kind of transitioning in the perimenopause. You know, there are lots of changes mm-hmm. that women go through, and those each season brings a different set of 
symptoms. <laughs> yeah. And a different absolutely. way to approach it, you know. Yeah, that's really good. One of the things my midwife has told me several times that I really appreciate is um, if you start feeling like you're having more bad days than good ones yes. or more symptom days than non-symptom ones, yes. that's when you need to seek help. Yep. You yep. shouldn't oh, be having more hard days than the good ones. Because um, like she was talking about that, how um, in in prenatal care, you know, there's a huge surge of people really trying to take active participation of that postpartum depression isn't actually just postpartum depression. It's now perinatal depression anxiety because it can happen the whole time. And women overlook the time when they are pregnant that they could be going through something. But we're all susceptible to it. Yeah, we are. We are. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things, too, where the earlier I was tell. I was talking to a patient the other day who, you know, came in really within the first, I think she had really kind of started to notice that she was having more hard days than good days, but it hadn't been, you know, very long. It had probably been Mm -hmm. maybe a month or two. She was like, I just, I need to talk to somebody. She was like, but now I feel silly because I feel like it hasn't been going on long enough for me to like address it. And I told her, you know, absolutely not. It is always worth nipping it in the bud or seeking help because what can happen from a, like, even just a psychology standpoint is when our brain, when we think a certain way or feel a certain way as far as, like, depressed or anxious or we think a negative thought, when that is happening more often than it's not, we create basically synapses that become highways and the longer that happens you kind of think about how um I'm trying to think of a good example of where you know like exercise for instance you know you go a day without exercise and that's one thing you go a week without it that's another thing but then you the longer you go without exercising the harder it is to get back on the right path Mm -hmm. and like a consistent schedule and it's similar right. like with our brains. Like once we, the the quicker we recognize that, hey, I am really feeling off here. I need to talk to somebody. The quicker we can kind of reroute those highways and pathways in our brain versus just letting it, you know, letting it happen beneath the surface. Yeah. And, and the quicker we can, you know, get back to feeling like ourselves. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I'm thinking about the book that I know I talked about in the last series, but Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. She talks a lot about that, and it it has been great. Even if you don't have time to read the book, if people are listening and are interested, her podcast, um, she did some podcasts on it, too, that were really great. And, and she talks a lot about that, like rebuilding our neural pathways, and we have to start somewhere. So, being proactive and jumping on things. And one of the the big things I always ask in transition and change, which is always hard for people, um, for different people, it's harder in different ways because we're all different people, but is starting to ask like, what do I need and where do I need help right now? You know, and knowing kind of like that bucket analogy that you shared, like 
how's my bucket doing? And do I need to do some work on it right now? And I think a great place to start is going and seeing your woman's health provider. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And talking to a friend. I mean, or just, you know, like finding outlets that are there. We can take medicine in a bunch of different ways, you know, and Mm -hmm. learning, okay, what medicine do I need for this? And a lot of times medicine can be going on a walk with a friend, having a good cry, getting a good workout in, you know, taking a day off, um, talking with a healthcare provider, seeing a counselor. (laughs) Medicine comes in a lot of different forms. You know. It does. Yeah, my um my husband this morning actually got me some great medicine. I've I mean, I told you this, but we were sick the last few weeks, haven't had any help. It's been a lot. And it I had came to one of those breaking points and my husband, he was like, Hey, we don't have a babysitter right now. I'm gonna call my mom and tell her to come. So my mother in law is coming for the weekend. But but I think that is I think that's one of the hard parts is that we forget when to ask for help, even if that doesn't mean. And I think that's that's the fear. And I'll be honest, I have felt this in the past, too. Like, I'm afraid to address some of my darker seasons or darker days because I don't want to be on medication. I don't want to go down. We think of medicine as one direction. And I love that about your approach and how you talk about it on the Women's Health Company. No medicine is ever one direction. It's all holistic. It's all how our spiritual, physical, emotional health plays into one big picture. Absolutely. That is so true. And it's, and, and it's all, you know, there are different seasons of our lives where we may need conventional medicine, where we may need, you know, I always, I I always say, you know, sometimes like the capacity, especially for moms in busy seasons, sometimes our the only capacity we have is to take Zoloft, you know, and to Mm -hmm. like carve out 30 minutes of our day to go on a walk, you know, and that is okay. That's a season of life that that is a form of grace and a form of medicine Mm -hmm. that is totally acceptable and totally fine and healthy because it's something that we need, you know. Yeah. And those seasons oh, may change. <laughs> yeah. Priscilla Shire, I was listening to one of her podcasts. Her. Me too. She's amazing. And she was talking about when she was um, a new mom. And, you know, people look at that season and especially who she is now, this amazing, you know, biblical teacher and everything she does. She was like, when I was a new mom, I wasn't like journaling and doing all of this. I was trying to get by every day. Like, It wasn't a season where you're sitting down and spending an hour pouring into yourself every morning and the little routines change and you just have to see what you need in that season. And it kind of, it goes back to what we were talking about. I mean, with those expectations, you kind of expect the things that have always worked for you to be the things that still work, Mm -hmm. whatever the new season is, motherhood or wherever. And we have to enter it and kind of go, well, what in life has changed what do I need now? It just might look different than what I needed before. Exactly. That is so true. And I think, too, one of the things just with navigating change that I have found, and I'm sure this will change even more so with a new a newborn, you know, because it'll be different. But even just little, like, little consistencies, like, 
for me, the I mean, the Lord, my relationship with the Lord has been, he is the one consistent. <laughs> I mean, when I am like up yeah. and down, side to side, all of it, like he is the one constant, you know? Um, so I know that even if one consistency in my day is just, whether it's five minutes of mm-hmm. Bible audiobook or five minutes of just pre- like sitting for five minutes, just praying, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just practical little consistencies that I can, if I can just determine, okay, what do I, you know, what are some things that really, for me, what I've learned is, yes, even a short quiet time, even a short workout and like one healthy, like there are things that I'm like, okay, these are the three consistencies that I really want to try mm. to keep, you know, constant yeah. throughout this change that I can kind of almost like little stones of, hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Comfort, you know, in yeah. times of unknown. And so for me, it's quiet time. Yeah, that's if really I, good. You know, and, and exercise and even like a week like once a week having a conversation with a friend you know or a date like things like that that we try to me and Skylar have my husband have tried to navigate when we've been navigating change just figuring out okay what are things that are like non-negotiable that we really need to try to keep consistent so that we can keep our heads on straight when the world is like chaotic it's going crazy yeah yeah Yeah. one of the um funny things that like spiritually has been feeding me that is so different than I've ever done is this hypnobirthing I got um an app called Christian hypnobirthing and literally it's like meditative music and this really amazing British woman reads scripture over you nothing like a good British accent with scripture (laughs) like this is all I can do right now but I'm like on a walk listening to it and crying and being like I there are seasons where I don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. to dig in and to sit down and read or really process in my journal or but this being read over me is feeding me enough. And it's one of those non-negotiables that's just like a little comfort. And it was amazing how the other day I was having a hard day. We were sick. I was really struggling. I was like, we all we did was walk, get outside, went on a walk, and I listened to one of my hypnobirthing tracks of scripture. And it was like, it changed the whole trajectory of my day. And I think... Absolutely. It's those little little medicines, right, that our soul needs that are right there in front of us that are the starting blocks to kind of changing some of those trajectories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, do you know who um, Leslie Ludy is? There's the, um, She wrote yeah. Set Apart Girl, but she has okay. a podcast called Set Apart Girl, but, it, but she hmm. talks a lot about, um, like she... She kind of covers every season of life, which is really cool. But she also talks a lot about being a wife and motherhood. And mm. I was listening to her podcast recently, and she was talking about that very thing, about how... And, you know, it's it's almost freeing to hear women that you really respect who you're like, man, they are, you know, they are people that I would think spend five hours in the Word every day because they can recite Scripture yep. and they are preaching... And and she was very honest. She was like, "There's there have been seasons of my life when 
I literally cannot sit down and read my Bible for five minutes. And so she was saying the same thing. She said that one of the consistencies that she has, like, constantly tried to implement in their home is scripture and and just Hmm. on audio, which is, like, the... The power of, she's like, you don't have to read scripture for it to absorb into your brain. She's like, you can listen to yeah. it. You can have it on the walls. You can, you know, mm-hmm. have it going, playing through music. And she, anyway, I just thought that was so powerful. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Have you heard of the Dwell app? Yes. Yeah, I just purchased it recently, and, like, that's what it's all about. I'm thinking I need to, especially with a newborn. Yeah. I feel like it might be helpful. <laughs> yes, it. I think it will be. Um, yeah, I think anything that you can be have hands free and do is probably going to be beneficial but they really like they really beautifully made the app and like reading scripture and just hearing it and setting it to like a whole playlist um yeah it's really great yeah I'll be sure to link that one in the show notes that too (laughs) well Brooks is there anything else that you feel like when you have a patient who's come in or someone you're even connecting with on the women's health company I know you have a lot of women sending you questions every week and things that they're experiencing um you know obviously nothing can replace coming in and seeing your practitioner and receiving your specific care and diagnosis but if there were some general things that you were seeing that people are going through and ways you would instruct them to kind of take next steps whether it is like just the holistic parts of your life um kind of continuing what we're talking about or yeah what are those pieces of advice that you kind of feel like you're continuously saying over and over again to women right now mm-hmm. I would probably say you know from a from a multifaceted standpoint, I would say taking small steps to to give yourself little medicines throughout the day. And one of those would be um, reducing stress. Like, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. But how do we do that, right? So, for... for I, and I, I think probably one of the most consistent things I tell women who I see who are dealing with Issues that are probably related to a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, environmental stresses. Let's just take one, like one bite out of each of these buckets Hmm. on a consistent basis. Like just one a day. And that can be so simple. But like, for instance, physical, your physical health, eat to pick one meal and just make it really healthy. Like, have a healthy meal a day and really try to balance your blood sugar. That's another thing you've probably heard me talk about lately. But balancing Mm -hmm. your blood sugar and keeping it stable and consistent plays such a role in lowering our cortisol levels. Um, Hmm. So, I I feel like that's one of the things I've talked a lot about to women lately. I I have a friend who's a dietitian who... um, was like doing a pilot program for a continuous glucose monitor. Have you seen Mm. those? It's really interesting. Mm -mm. You wear it on your arm and it basically just constantly is checking your blood sugar. And so you can kind of see how your blood sugar is running throughout the day versus just pricking your finger or getting blood work. 
And she right. she watched, you know, could see kind of what she ate and how her blood sugar responded to what she ate. For she did it for hmm. about two weeks, and she was like, I wouldn't recommend it for because it, it can make you psycho. Like it can make you yeah. like a little, you know, crazy when it comes to what you eat, and and that that's right. not healthy either. But she was saying she was like one of the biggest takeaways was if I she was she said there was one day where I was really busy and I was really stressed and I did not eat I went like several hours without eating and hmm. she said you would think my blood sugar would have dropped she was like it right. spiked and she wow. said what I found was it spiked she's like your body pulls fuel from somewhere. So if it's not from food that we're eating, it's going to produce cortisol. And that's where we're pulling fuel from. And so, wow. isn't that interesting? So anyway, I, How I backwards that one of the biggest tips that I've been giving people lately is pay attention to, you know, trying to keep, because there's so many fads that women are, mm. are you know, with fasting, with certain diets, with... And, I, and I've seen a lot of issues that have arisen from a lot of those. So we won't get on that soapbox. But, but just really trying to control your blood sugar by eating small, frequent meals and pairing those with making sure that you've got a healthy fat, a protein, a fiber yeah. in those meals to just kind of keep your blood sugar stable throughout the day plays a huge yeah. role in your stress levels. Um environmental like just simple things like taking the top off of your coffee your starbucks when you're drinking it that is like a simple little thing that Mm -hmm. really reduces plastic your your exposure to plastic you know or not Mm. storing your food in in plastic and putting it storing it in glass um another example would be an emotional piece of medicine would be something like going on a walk, a prayer walk, or coffee mm. with a friend, you know, or a spiritual thing, a spiritual piece of medicine would be listening to five minutes of, you know, scripture. And those are like little things that I think when we can, if we can just pick like five throughout the week or throughout the day and right. implement those um, over time, it makes mm-hmm such a difference and so anyway I don't know if that makes any sense but no it does it's really great that I think I'm I'm saying more and more to patients is give yourself grace and also just take small steps and then yeah those small steps will eventually turn into longer paths you know that can completely turn your life and your health around Yeah, my husband always says this, that like real change and success comes from a series of small advantages. Like we like to look at the big changes, even what you're talking about health-wise, like the big fad, the big diet. I now do this whole eating plan when really the big things can burn us out. It's the small steps that are sustainable and can create the best long-term health. Um, health changes, whichever direction that is. So I love that so much. Those are so practical, which we just all need right now because it's life's really overwhelming. And it feels like a lot to take on a whole new diet and eating plan and workout regimen and just a lot. It is. It is. And, 
when when those things cause more stress, they're just doing the opposite of what we are wanting them to do, you know? And yep. so, mm-hmm. yeah. That's really good, Brooks. Thanks so much. Well, to close us out today, first of all, um, where can people find you? Well, probably the easiest would be the Women's Health Company on Instagram, at the Women's Health Company, or at Brooks Vaughn. My little personal account is pretty much non-existent. I just post pictures of my dog and my husband. So there's not... Who's cute. And probably soon your baby. So and probably soon the baby. So there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Women's Health Company. And then I do have a website that's just thewomenshealthcompany.com. Um, and okay. hopefully, I'm really hoping to bring back the podcast at some point in the new year. I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not like setting a hard deadline on that. I'm like, I'd like to do that yeah. eventually. Um, but we do have a podcast called Woco Radio that um, just we kind of cover women's health topics and faith life yeah. topics too. So, yeah, which is a great resource for people just wanting to start learning about some of the topics. What are a few of the topics that you have talked about before or that you talk about frequently? Yeah, so the good thing about the, I mean, if you've looked at the podcast now, there there are several topics that are still relevant. They're not like, it's not like the latest news, you know. Um, so they can still, people can still listen. But this, yeah. I've covered thyroid. Um, I, I did a lot on a, a couple of series on thyroid, periods, um, fertility, preconception stuff, you know, there's all kinds of yeah. different, different topics yeah. on there that are, that are interesting. Great. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on here, Brooks. You're amazing. And yeah, I know you've blessed everybody, including me, just getting to talk to you, see your face. Nice. Yeah. I love what y'all are yeah. doing. So good. So thanks. powerful. Thanks, Brooks. All right. Well, we will talk to you later. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today at the Women's, I was about to say the Women's Health Company, oh, the Woman Amidst. Um, we're so glad to have you. And if you guys liked what you heard, please leave a positive rating or review and go back and listen to our previous podcast episodes, particularly episode 19, so that you can hear a little bit more about what's to come with the Woman Amidst. Obviously, this podcast was recorded a while ago because Brooks and I have now both had babies, um, and so it's been a bit, but we have some new podcasts coming out, some great new resources that really focus on that adventure of the changes that we go through and living joyfully and with so much purpose in the middle of our stories, not waiting for things to arrive. So we're really excited for that and excited for what's coming here with this podcast for you guys in the future. So thanks for tuning in. We're glad to have you here and we will see you next time.